gets a block, cuts it back, 40, 45, 50, he's off to the races, down the left sideline, to the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Aaron Jones, oh what a play! This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I am Jason Perrone of Quick Slants Podcast, Pulse of the Pack, and the Pack a Day Podcast. Coming at you a day later this week, and it just happened to work out that way, and I guess it was kind of a good thing because there's some fun stuff to talk about. In fact, we've got a chock-full list of topics that I want to go over. I want to talk about the Packers' defensive line. The 17-game schedule is official in the NFL, and talk about that, too, as it relates to the Green Bay Packers. I have some thoughts about the cornerback draft classes if we haven't heard enough about them already, but I have some more and things to say about that and why I think we should temper our expectations for the Packers drafting one of those top cornerbacks. And I was preparing some thoughts about the salary cap, specifically beyond 2021. And then the Packers gifted us, well, the front office gifted us some thoughts that was shared with the media, and I want to review some of that stuff today, too. So, starting with the defensive line, the news of Tyler Lancaster re-signing with the Packers. He's back, adding some depth to the defensive line. A defensive line that currently features Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, and Dean Lowry. Which doesn't really excite us very much based on what we've seen, which is not a whole lot. Dean Lowry didn't, didn't make a lot of big plays this past season. Kingsley Kiki was hurt, didn't get a chance to make that year two jump after his rookie season in 2019. Kenny Clark was his usual all-pro self, got a big contract extension, and Lancaster able to rotate in there as a big body, and Snacks Harrison was added late in the season for some depth, but I do not anticipate Harrison coming back and being with the Packers again, perhaps, but I doubt it. It sounds like he's his playing days might be over with, so... This was just good for depth up front. These big guys need breaks. They can't play a ton of snaps. You want to keep them fresh. The Packers need to address the defensive line again this offseason, whether it's bringing somebody in, an undrafted free agent, a draftee, whatever they want to do. The Packers need some big bodies up front. It's not being labeled a very good draft for defensive linemen. So how the Packers decide to do it is going to be interesting. But nonetheless, it's it's nice to see that Lancaster's back. That depth is is important. And a guy that knows the defense, and I, I guess maybe not as much as anyone else. Joe Barry, new defensive coordinator, everyone's kind of starting from scratch. So he's at least able to play with the guys that he's playing next to because he knows them. But I, I'm always for keeping as many big bodies as you possibly can. There's just some positions that are hard to find really good players at. And Tyler Lancaster is a, you know, he's a third, fourth string quality defensive lineman in the NFL. You could do a lot worse. So I'm glad that Tyler Lancaster is back. Defensive line gets one of their big bodies back. So moving along to the 17-game schedule in the NFL. It was announced earlier this week that the NFL is going to add the 17th game. And this is obviously hugely significant. It's hugely significant because when you when you do things like this, it doesn't go back. So the days of the 16-game schedule are over right? We're just, we're not going to see that anymore. 
So 17 game schedule is now official. The era of the 16 game schedule has ended. That's that. And records are going to break now. There's an extra game and there's there's all sorts of things that this is going to trickle down and impact. But as far as the Packers go, they will pick up a game on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that will be the 17th game on the schedule. Not the 17th week, but a 17th game on their schedule. So this is going to make the formula for who teams play each year a little bit mysterious because it's been easy to predict. As soon as the previous season ended, you already knew exactly who your team was going to face the following season. Well, now there's a 17th game, and we I'm not sure what the formula is for that. But I am excited about the idea of Aaron Rodgers getting another chance to face off against Patrick Mahomes. The last time these two teams met was in 2019, and Mahomes was injured, and Aaron Rodgers uh, and his crew, big Sunday night win at Arrowhead uh, against a really banged-up Kansas City Chiefs team. So this will be interesting. A team that's been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. They won one last uh, two seasons ago, and the Packers will get a crack at them. So you'll get the former face of the NFL against the current face of the NFL, I guess, if you want to call it that. And the other thing that's interesting, too, and this is sort of related, sort of unrelated to this, is that beginning in 2022, the international game pool is going to include the Green Bay Packers. So the Packers are going to be in, in the mix there, and we'll find out where they're going to play overseas. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to play in London. They're, it could be in Canada, Mexico, one of those other cities or other, other locations that the Packers might play. And the big debate there is that you know fans, and I'd also assume the team, they don't want to give up a home game. That these eight games a year at Lambeau Field are precious to a community like Green Bay that owns a team. And for everything that it brings into the local area, it's a small town. The, you know, the, the, uh, the Packers don't want to give up that home game. Now, listen, to be fair, every international game features a team that gave up a home game to go play in London or in Mexico or wherever they played. So it just it makes it really interesting. Um, and what, what adds a little wrinkle to it is that the teams who host the Packers, meaning when the Packers are on the road, they also don't want to give up that home game because their local fan base, and let's be honest, Packers fans, because we travel great, flood that stadium. It's one of the highest revenue producers on their entire schedule, if not hands down the highest revenue producer on the schedule. So it's like nobody wants nobody wants to give up the game against Green Bay, and nobody, you know, and the Packers don't want to give up a home game. So... More to come on that. As far as the 17-game schedule, I know there's a lot of opinions going around back and forth about it. Uh, I am all for having more Packers football to look forward to in a season. I'm never going to argue with having more games that matter and less games that don't matter, that being the preseason. I know that the players now look at their pay in terms of being divided by 17 versus 16 and all kinds of other things that uh, aren't necessarily related to play on the field, but the whole player safety and everything else too. Let's just see how the NFL decides to roll it out. You know, like I said, I'm I'm all for the Packers playing more football games because I love Packers football, but I care about the, the guys. And, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know enough yet. I want to see more about how this actually plays out and what actually happens. We know the NFL is going to do things that are related to revenue produ- uh, production and making money. That's what they do. That's no surprise. So that's, okay, I get that. Let's just see how it goes. So I will reserve judgment on the 17-game schedule, but it is official. Every NFL team will play 17 beginning in 2021, and we're all alive to see it happen. So I said I want to talk about the cornerback draft class a little bit. 
And I, this is just kind of a cautionary tale to fans who are starting to get really excited because what happens is as more mock drafts go up and more podcasts are, are talking about specific position groups and a position group is deemed really strong in a draft class and so everybody wants one of those positions. Last year it was wide receiver. Just, you know, drafting and drafting for need, not something the Packers typically do early on in the draft. In the first round, they could not be more of a wild card. We have no idea what they're going to do. Two years ago, it's Rashad Gary at 12. Last year, it's Jordan Love. They move up and they draft Jordan Love, a quarterback. The way I see it, and there is no scientific, I don't have stats for this, but the more that a guy's name is said out loud, the less likely they are to become Green Bay Packers because the Packers, first of all, they always pick late in the round. And secondly, they do not really deviate from their board unless something really falls apart like in 2007 when Darrell Rivas and Marshawn Lynch were both gone and Ted Thompson had no idea what to do and somehow ended up with Justin Harrell. So that, but it doesn't happen very often. The Packers have a plan and look, if it's an H-back this year, it's an H-back. It could very well be that. I just, I have no idea what, what to expect in the first round or who knows, maybe the Packers decide they want to move up and move around and go up and get a guy. I'm not exactly sure. But some names I want to throw out there because these are really fun to think about wearing a Packers uniform. But it's it's not it's not it, I just think the likelihood is low and I just So let me throw a couple names out there. So you got Caleb Farley, Asante Samuel Jr., Ifiatu Melifawu. Now, I Melifanwu, I should say. I, I guess I should just call him Fetty. <laughs> because I, I I don't know if that's but uh, that's a fantastic interview uh, he made an appearance on Locked On Packers with Peter Bukowski it was a great interview nice job by Peter there J C Horn is another Patrick Sertain the second Greg Newsom the second those are some of the big names and I know there's others so I'm not leaving guys out on purpose but those are some of the big names that have been thrown around uh, big time maybe but I wouldn't bet on it. And, and I do think that one of those guys is going to be there, even if the Packers stay put and pick where they currently sit late in the first round. I just don't think that there's that many corners that are going to go. There could be a run on cornerbacks. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that get taken early. And then you're going to get a run on something. But I think the Packers are going to have an opportunity to draft either one of these really good corners that I think can easily push Kevin King for a starting position right away or... Maybe get an offensive lineman. And, of course, they'll probably pick a linebacker or a long snapper in the first round. I'm joking. I, I don't know. I We, we don't know what's going to happen. The point I want to make is that the more we hear these names, the less likely it is that the Packers are going to draft them because just because. So that's that's what I think. And and if there's if the corner draft is what everyone is saying and that there's a lot of, of talent, a lot of top corners and a lot of good corners in this draft. And the Packers might be able to find some value in the second or third round, and they might decide that they're okay with that. Let's not forget the lesson of last season. I mentioned those wide receivers, right? They had an interest in a few of those top wide receivers. But because all of them were off the board, other teams moved up, other teams liked that receive their receivers better, the Packers went with the guy that was still on the board. And that was Jordan Love. They stuck with it. They had a chance to get the, get a quarterback, a top-tier quarterback who has been, when compared to this year's quarterback class, deemed he would have he would have easily been in the top three. So Jordan Love very easily this season, if he was getting drafted this year, 
could very easily have been a top 10 pick. The Packers got him in the mid 20s. So the same thing could happen with the cornerbacks this year. It's, you know, it's not a secret. There's good corners in this draft. Everybody knows it. It's not like, you know, you're going to be able to keep that that news from everybody else in the NFL. I, you know, I hear all these guys and I hear their names several times a day. I cringe every single time because every time I hear their name, it's less and less likely they're going to be playing in Green Bay. And obviously the Packers can't draft all of them. But I just think, you know, unless the Packers have some outlandish plan to move way up in round one, they're going to be tough pressed to get one of those top names. And I I think, like you know, like I said, I think the Packers might be able to find some of that talent in the second, third round too. So just a little bit of a, hey, just temper your expectations. We're getting into that crazy season where you're going to start hearing the names more and more and multiple times a day. By the time the draft comes around, we're all going to be, we're going to have these names memorized and I'll be able to pronounce Melifanwu better than I did the first time. So, all right. The big thing I, I was thinking about doing for this show was the salary cap. And I I wanted to talk about more so 2022 because there's been a lot of talk about how the Packers seem to be mortgaging the future to put their winner back on the field in 2021. And I guess before I get too far into that, this would be a good opportunity to address some of the comments that Packers CEO Mark Murphy made this week regarding Aaron Rodgers' contract when he was asked. And I'm going to read a quick little excerpt from an article by Bob Garcia of sportscasting.com. And this was according to Rob Domofsky of ESPN, right? So when Murphy was asked why he wouldn't want to do something to ensure Aaron Rodgers is the Packers quarterback beyond just this season, this was Murphy's reply. And I quote, yeah, I'm not going to get into the specifics again. Good try though. Okay. That right there is very typical of Mark Murphy. There's just times where he's not going to share any information. It was one sentence. There was more to the comments, and I know that there was more to what he said, but that was really kind of the gist. I'm not going to get into it. Good try, though. He just, first of all, Mark Murphy was in the building when the Packers went through the Brett Favre saga in 2008. He was around, okay? Saw how that went. Didn't go very well. A lot of people lost a lot of sleep, probably a lot of hair or hair turned gray. He ain't going through that again. But everybody wanted to take a look at these comments, and we're talking mainstream media, Twitter, social media, conversations at the water cooler, you name it. Everybody wanted to talk about what does this mean? The Packers aren't committing to Aaron Rodgers. How could they do this? He's gone. Aaron Rodgers is gone. He's gone after this season, and the Packers are doing him dirty. I mean, come on. If, you know, (laughs) I was going to say, you know, of course, when something like that comes out, it'll just go quietly into the night. No one will have anything to say about it. If you believe that, then, you know, I've got beachfront property here in Phoenix that I'd like to sell you. But this is, it's just like most anything else that is said in a general sense. It's much ado about nothing, in my opinion. And some of you might be laughing and calling me crazy. But it's not. It does. We don't get any definitive information here. It's a no comment. It's not informative. It doesn't confirm or deny anything. And no one is any wiser about what the Packers intend to do with Aaron Rodgers beyond 2021, except for the front office. None of us are them. We don't know. I don't care how many check marks somebody has by their name. They tweeted out today and said the Packers are giving up on Aaron Rodgers. They don't know that. Anybody who thinks they do, you're lying. I'm calling you a liar. You don't know. You can predict it and you might be right, 
but you don't know for sure right now today at the end of March 2021. If the Packers get to a Super Bowl, okay, this season on their third straight try, and they win it this year, then what? Do any of us know for absolute certain that Aaron Rodgers is going to keep playing? Do we know that Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to retire and say, hey, I'm going to go out on top. I won a second Super Bowl. I did more than my predecessor. I'm headed to the Hall of Fame. There isn't much more for me to accomplish. And I want to go out a winner and having won the biggest game of the entire season and a second Super Bowl ring. Very well might happen. I don't think it will. I think Aaron Rodgers wants to play for a while. If the Packers don't go to a Super Bowl and they're one and done and Aaron Rodgers comes back down to earth this season, then what about that? What happens then? It would seem likely in that case, and barring any changes to Rodgers' current contract, that we would then get an offseason of all the drama that comes with moving on from a legendary quarterback, this being next season, which is you know a year away and, and wouldn't be looking forward to that a whole heck of a lot. Although, it would be a much different situation than it was 13 years ago with Favre. So after the last go-around, I mean, this whatever happens with Rodgers can't possibly be worse. Although, you know, if you think about it, social media is way more prevalent than it was back then. So I'll probably eat those words and it'll be 10 times worse because there's everybody and anybody talking about it. But Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated, who I love, by the way, he's just a straight shooter and I've always appreciated his approach wrote about how Rodgers is the face of the franchise, but he's, he isn't entitled to be that forever. But then went on to say, he, but he should get some answers from the Packers about where he stands. He's at least owed that. Well, we know that, I mean, that sounds good, but will we ever really know if, if the Packers, where they stand and where Aaron Rodgers stands on this whole thing? Maybe Rodgers does an interview years later and spills the beans about what happened, but he and the Packers are very cerebral about what they share and how. They don't share a whole lot of information. Rodgers might already know what the Packers plan to do. Maybe no one's telling us anything, or maybe they're not telling him and his agent anything, and he legitimately doesn't know what the Packers intend to do. We've seen it before. Teams eventually, they have to make decisions about their superstars, and sometimes it just does not go as smoothly as both sides want. Ultimately, the Packers are going to be an organization long after Rodgers is done playing. So while it's nice to give the Kings privileges to a guy who has done, and let me be very very clear here, beyond a ton for the Green Bay Packers over 16 years, Murphy and Brian Gutekunst have to consider life afterwards, and they've got to keep control of the situation. They can't just think about this year. They can say, I'm all in, and, and you know they don't have tunnel vision. They're still thinking about 22, 23, 24, 28, 29. They're looking that far ahead, right? The Packers want that control over the situation. What's to say, let's say Rodgers learns that he's not going to be part of the team's plans beyond this season, and how do we know that he's not going to go and get uncharacteristically candid about it to the media? He goes on with Pat McAfee and just spills his, his guts. Or he goes and talks to someone and just gets candid out of nowhere. The Packers are then dealing with a poop storm of epic proportions. And we all know how attached Packers fans get to their favorite players. This is not a favorite player. This is an iconic legend. So it would be the messiest of all messes. Those of you who have young infant children, think of the worst diaper that you've changed and multiply it by 100. 
That is how messy that would be for the Green Bay Packers. So as far as the Rodgers thing, there's a lot more to come on this. As you know, as this today, you know, despite the amount of play it got online, was absolutely nothing new. We didn't learn anything. Mark Murphy just didn't want to talk about specific players or contracts. We were able to free up some money with other players. Any team, and remember, they're also a business, so you can insert and replace team with business. Any team should and will want the most financial flexibility that they can possibly get each and every season. This is not crazy town. It is simple business decision-making, simple dollars and cents. Aaron Rodgers represents a lot of those dollars and cents, and the Packers want, they want to keep control over it, and I think they want to... They want a short window that in which they have to deal with it. If you extend Aaron Rodgers and you add years to his contract, you you create interesting situations for yourself. And the Packers may end up doing that. There might be a reason why the Packers decide they want to convert some of Rodgers' money and they do decide to extend out his contract. But you trade it up and you drafted a quarterback. So you gotta, you know, eventually you gotta do something with it. And, and that's not to say you blindly hand the reins over to Jordan Love. He's got to prove that he's ready this season. If he turns out to be not very good, doesn't look good in practice, gets into a couple games, doesn't look good in the games, all of a sudden he just brain lock or just isn't at all what the Packers thought they were drafting. Okay. But this is the decision the Packers are making today. And decisions are made on in a specific moment in time. And it's, it's not like it continues to get made over. You're making a decision right now without knowing what the future holds. All right, so that's that's what I have to say about the Aaron Rodgers situation. I don't think there's much to it. I am not, I'm not worried about it at all. People are going to talk about it left and right. But let's get back to the salary cap. Okay, because right now the Packers are projected to be over the salary cap. And this is way early. We're a year out. A year out. The Packers are projected to be over the cap by about $20 million, a little more, depending on what the salary cap ends up being. This is via Track, And that is currently, again, one year before it matters, the second worst cap situation in the NFL with only the Dallas Cowboys, who are further over by about $5 million. It doesn't sound good. It's not a position the Packers fans or the team are used to being in. Typically, the Packers, and especially ever since Ted Thompson took over as GM in 2005, they've always had some money to use. They've had some leftovers just for in-season spending, and they're always able to pay players. They don't have to let anybody go that they want to keep. Uh, They've let some good players go, but I think that was also the plan. Now, much like I said earlier about the corners in this draft, and and that they're, they're not a secret, neither is the salary cap situation in 2022, okay? Folks, the Packers know about their salary cap situation. It's not like Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst are just doing all these weird mad scientist things and then all of a sudden they're going to wake up in February of next year and have the you know the bug eyes as they're looking at the, the balance sheet. They know what the salary cap situation is. It's not a surprise. You got to chill out as far as wondering whether the Packers are aware. They are. There is a plan. This team has a plan. The Packers have a plan. You might not like it. 
It may not look good to you so far. You might not like the way that it's headed or some of the obvious problems that it represents, but this is what the Packers decided to do. They said, look, we fielded a team that went to a conference championship game. We took a step forward from the year prior. We repeated our record of 13-3. and We hosted the conference championship game this year. We are still competitive. We have a young team with the exception of a few players, Aaron Rodgers being one of them, but he played at an all-pro level and was an MVP last year. We're going to bring these guys back. That's where we're going to spend our money. We're not going to bring in some maybes and question marks. We're going to bring back the guys we want to bring back. We're going to have to let a couple of them go. Thank you so much, Corey Lindsley. You will be sorely missed. And we'll see what we can do. All right. Again, like I said, the plan is not just for this year. The plan is for this year, for next year, and for the next decade in a very general sense. Because I, Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst don't wake up and come into work and say, hey, I'm really looking forward to the next two years before I get fired. They plan on being here. When you take a job and you get hired, it doesn't end up being that case in the NFL. But when you get hired, any player, any executive, any team will tell you, unless it's a four-specific amount of time and you know for certain you're not going to work past that time, you expect to be around indefinitely. So... You know, those guys know. Mark Murphy, Gutekunst, Russ Ball, they know what the vision is. You and I don't. We don't know. I don't care how much you you read into the tea leaves and think you've got it all figured out. And again, you might guess today and you might be right. It's still a guess. You don't know. Now, the rational thing to do in any situation where you don't have control over the situation or the outcome is to sit back, relax, and let it play out. That is, however, not how Packers fandom actually works. So much freakout over how the team is spending its money now, how it'll be they're going to be hamstrung next year and beyond. They should have never given the money they did to Rodgers and Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones. So crazy. You got to just get by with rookies. You don't, you, don't, you don't pay veterans. You let all your veterans go. You trade them. You trade all your veterans. You, 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 you play rookies and you live to, to spend another day. You live to spend another day. Okay. So you disagree with what the Packers have done. Guess what? They don't care what you think. They don't. I'm sorry to break it to you, and I know that that might hurt some of your feelings. I mean, I'm saying that with tongue-in-cheek. They don't care what we think. Over the last 15-plus years, this team and management has proven they are capable of navigating the waters of the NFL salary cap and fielding a competitive team. There's no reason to think they plan on letting the Green Bay Packers Slip back into the 1970-1980s type of despair. Okay? Now, does that mean that 2022 will turn out all hunky-dory and they'll magically find millions of dollars in cap space? No. Does it mean that the team might not be as competitive as they've been the last two seasons? Hopefully this season a third? It might. But even if so, what do you consider to be a failure? Because some have very, very tight standards. Some say if they don't win the Super Bowl, every season is a failure that you don't win the Super Bowl. Some people believe that. Some say if they don't reach the postseason, it's a failure. Some say as long as they're over 500, it's not a failure. The point is, the definition of disappointment and failure vary by large degrees across the fan base. Every team has a down season. You can't you can't point to an 8 and 8 or 9 and 7 finish next season or even if they end up 6 and 10 and say that the team was mismanaged and they're falling apart at the seams. 
It's one year. And I'm I'm assuming that happens when no one's hurt. It just it's one season. At least, you know, you can't say that that it's mismanagement and it's falling apart at the seams until you see how the following year goes. If Green Bay slips to near 500, don't make the playoffs in 2022, but they're back in it in 2023. Was 2022 the abject failure some of you swear it's going to be? No, it's not. Because the Packers have decades worth of success to point to. You don't get a winner every single year. You just don't. It doesn't happen. I get that it's not fun to sit through a losing season, but this team has had them. They've bounced back quickly a few times over the past two decades. Just said, so why even bother thinking that this leadership is suddenly going to turn the Packers back into the Siberia of the NFL? That's It's just ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Oh my gosh, they paid all these players. They're screwed. There are 12 months to go. They've just shown that that's not what they do. The Packers aren't going to regress back into the doldrums. Now, some analysts and writers and media, they get paid to project and read into everything the team does to help predict the future. And and they'll dissect the heck out of every word that Mark Murphy said and try to make something of it. God bless them, and I wish them all well. I am glad I am not one of those people. Again, unless you're in the room at 1265 Lombardi Avenue when the conversations are had and the decisions are made and the ink hits the paper, you cannot possibly know what the Packers are going to do when all is said and done. And the Packers don't give those analysts much to go on. They just don't share a whole lot of information. For a long time, they've been very tight-lipped. So all of this is basically for me to say, just chill. Chill out. It's March 2021. Some of you are worrying way too much about March 2022 already. Uh, we got a whole football season. And I, and I say that fully understanding that the salary cap is real and the Packers do have a lot of dead cap potential if they decide to move on from some of the high-priced veterans next year, including Aaron Rodgers. We could be having that conversation much sooner than a year from now about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers not being together. Anything is possible. It's all on the table right now today. The thing is, is we simply can't know what they'll want to do till we get into and out of this next season and see how it's going. There's things, there's questions that need to get answered this season before the Packers decide what they're going to do next year. I mean, even the Packers probably don't even know what they're going to do next year. So how can we? So that, you know, all those analysts and experts out there, you know, they don't know. Don't get too caught up. And again, Aaron Rodgers will be a part of the 2021 Packers, barring injury. I'm knocking on wood here. So again, just sit back and enjoy it. It's another Packers season coming up here. We've got an extra game to enjoy. Whether you like it or not, there will be 17 Green Bay Packers football games in the regular season in 2021. The draft coverage over at Game on Wisconsin has been phenomenal. has been fantastic. It will continue. The mock drafts, we have our fun tournament of hate. We're into the finals. If you want to see who the final two personalities are that Packers fans have deemed the most hated in the law in the not the history of the Packers but in a long time and see what the fans had to say as far as who are their two most hated personalities go check it out over at Game On Wisconsin a lot of fun there's still there's still a chance you can get in there and vote get in there and vote but check out all the great draft coverage and all the great shows and everything going on over at Game On you can follow them at at Game On WI you can follow me I'm at Jason Perone on Twitter this has been the Quick Slants Podcast everybody enjoy the rest of your week be safe and go Pack Go
Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae. From right to left. Cutting left to the 50. To the 45-40. Track down from behind. 